It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Week one can be a liar. And over the course of the Matt LaFleur era, it certainly has. We remember 2021 when the Packers come out, they get blasted by the New Orleans Saints, and nothing that followed it looked anything like what we saw in week one. But as we look forward here to try and figure out what the Packers are going to look like in 2023 with some new moving pieces, go back to week one in 2022. And it tells us so much about what went right, what went wrong, and what can be fixed, what needs to be fixed, heading into 2023. We discuss on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a $1,000 bonus bet back with a no sweat first bet for new customers. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. I was going back through some of the games last year because I was trying to find some through lines with the losses. And I started with the first game of the season because, as you may remember, the Packers lost. And what I found as I went back through it, there was so much that foretold everything that would happen over the course of the season. Good, bad, And some crucial lessons about this Packers team, about this Packers coaching staff, where they need to get better, all kinds of things. There's an an incredible amount of insight in hindsight into this. We couldn't have known it now, or we couldn't have known it in that moment the way that we know it now. I think there are some things that were easily predictable. We'll get into them. But there were also things that were in that moment unknowable, like the Christian Watson drop. But I want to dig in almost possession by possession because there's something in there that that we understand and we can point out now with the benefit of hindsight and go, okay, this was real, this wasn't real. On the very first possession of that game, The Vikings go 10 plays, 78 yards for a touchdown. 
Now, they did need to go on fourth and one to get that touchdown, but it was a walk-in Justin Jefferson touchdown, and Justin Jefferson ate them up on this drive, in part because they refused to play man coverage, and they just blew assignment after assignment. It wasn't Justin Jefferson going out and cooking every DB on the Packers. Like, he's in coverage against linebackers. He's in coverage coming across zones and not being marked not being accounted for. This sort of miscommunication defensively is inexcusable, especially among veterans. This was a team loaded with veterans. Yes, Quay Walker was a rookie. Basically, everyone else on that defense had, they were like legit veterans, like Eric Stokes, second year player. But everyone else, like Adrian Amos, veteran veteran. Jair Alexander at this point in his career, veteran veteran. Darnell Savage even, Real veteran, Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. I know those guys aren't running in coverage, though. Famously, Preston Smith did a couple times. This sort of miscommunication, and we talked about it at the time, at a certain point, that's on the players as much as it is the coaches. You just, you have to know how to play quarters. And you may recall, every dayers will remember, I had Dante Whitner on the show and I, I talked to him, I, I texted him after I was going back and watching the film and I texted him a clip of one of the, the big plays to Justin Jefferson. He was so mad at how the safety play played out in that play. He called me in a, in a fit, like this is ridiculous. Veteran safeties. That unfortunately for most of the season, at least until the bye, they worked some things out at the end. That had to change, and eventually it did. That miscommunication, though, the busted coverages, that marked this defense for a number of weeks over the course of the last few years, really. Now, less so two years ago, 2021, they did not give up a ton of big plays. But last year, there's miscommunications. There's there's really, it seemed like no game plan. They didn't seem to change anything up. They just sat back and played this static cover two shell. That was really going to work against Justin Jefferson. And then when it, it wasn't working to really not make any significant adjustments, you had all off season to plan for this. You know what's coming. It's Justin Jefferson. So this is the the kind of game. Now, the Packers made the adjustment in week 17 last year, beat the brakes off the Vikings, and, and thank goodness they did. But this defense, they have a lot to prove. They have a lot to prove, and this coaching staff has a lot to prove. There's a reason Adrian Amos is not in the building anymore. There's a reason Joe Barry, I think, is coaching for his job. And it's games like this. Now, the first Packers possession. We all remember the first play. And the thing is, the instinct was right. The instinct was right. Christian Watson is good. He's really good. And we couldn't have known it in that moment. Though I did say it on Twitter that, look, this play has a chance to either define him as a player or end up being a, a funny footnote 
on a, an illustrious career. And it feels like there is no in between. He's just too talented almost. And unless injuries prevent him from, from getting to that next level or apathy. And I just don't think that's the case. Not the son of a former NFL player. I just, I think that's pretty unlikely. I just don't see it. He's going to be really, really good. And the offense needed to have been more focused around what he could do. The problem was, whether it was Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur, it does not matter, actually. He got frozen out of the offense. Like, let's just call it what it was. He didn't see another target until the fourth quarter. The game is basically over. That is, you know, we have a a quarterback in that moment that has a history of freezing out receivers. It does seem like it was the the comments about, uh, you know, I don't care about talent. I care about productivity were aimed at guys like Christian Watson specifically because he'd already gone out of his way to praise Romeo Dobbs. We know Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb are his boys. He's not talking about Samori Toure, I'll tell you that. He's talking about Christian Watson. And so it seemed like when he get, when he turned to the coaches and gave that sort of, I told you, I think we can infer what's going on there, but that's not even really the point. It doesn't matter because Matt LaFleur has to be responsible for that as well. Regardless, he's clearly, with, especially without Alan Lazard, the, 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 most, the most important pass catcher on your team. The guy who can do the most. You have to find ways to manufacture offense with him. And eventually they did that, but their inability to do so and their unwillingness to do so, whether again, quarterback or coach, doesn't matter from last year. Now this year it matters because if Jordan Love is not going to sit there and pout and go, well, he dropped that first one. So now I'm going to throw to to Big Bob Tunyon. I'm going to check the ball down every play and I'm going to take deep shots to to anyone but Christian Watson on on third and one. I don't think Jordan Love is going to do that, or at least we don't have evidence Jordan Love is going to do that. So from a projecting forward standpoint, I don't think you're going to see Jordan Love hold grudges with his guys the same way we saw with Aaron Rodgers. And what I hope is that Matt LaFleur can be the kind of coach who says, okay, that didn't work. I need to find a way to come back to this guy to give him some confidence because he's the only guy that they have. Right now, he like if we're talking about guys, like that is a guy. That's a dude. They only have one of those, and it's Christian Watson. So they're going to have to keep dancing with Watson because that's who they brought, and it's the only one they brought. Until Romeo Dobbs proves that he's a, a dude, until Jaden Reed or Luke Musgrave or Tucker Kraft prove that they're a dude, it's Christian Watson and the Packers' inability or unwillingness to feature him was a problem for basically half the season. Now, I understand Christian Watson was hurt, but there were games early on where they had opportunities to get him more involved. They didn't. They relegated him to gadget duty and to clear out duty, and that wasn't good enough. That plagued the Packers last season, and so did the pettiness of the quarterback. Now, I understand you're going to defend Aaron Rodgers and say, look, you know, you got you to catch the ball. You got to, you know, run right routes, all that stuff. Yes, I guess that's true. But at a certain point, your most talented player has to get the ball for the good of the offense. 
and for the good of his development, for the good of the long-term health of your team. Now, luckily this year, the Packers, I don't want to say they're less concerned with winning games, but they understand that it's not Super Bowl or bust. And so you can live with some more growing pains. You know, last year, they still thought that they were a Super Bowl team. And so they were like, okay, well, if he's going to take some more time to come along slowly, then that means more Alan Lazard plays. It means more Big Bob Tunyon plays. It means more Randall Cobb plays. But here's the other thing about that first drive. First touch, second and 10, Aaron Jones. 10-yard run. A 10-yard run. In this game, Aaron Jones had five carries for 49 yards. He averaged almost 10 yards a carry. And I understand you can say play script and all that stuff. This was 7-0 after a quarter. And it, it was not a game that was really out of hand. It wasn't 17-0 until late, late in the second quarter. There's three minutes left in the second quarter when that finally happens. No, when they finally get the ball, they didn't make it 17 until 35 seconds left in the second quarter. The Packers could have stayed more on script. They didn't. They trusted Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers, but didn't get their most, their most talented receiver of the ball. Those are, those are three problems in the first two drives that were season-long problems that the Packers have to fix. The communication with the defense, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones. He needs the ball. All right, more to come on this because this game, I'm telling you, was just ripe with all sorts of lessons for the rest of the season. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. It's a great way with the Brewers really just playing with our hearts uh, to make yourself a winner, even if the Brewers are not going to be winners. Because you can, you can do the old the old uh, emotional hedge and bet them to lose. And if if they lose, you win money. And if they win, your team won. Congratulations. So don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day is more this week. We're going to be doing more of these lookbacks into last season and lessons we can learn from those games, stretches of games. There's a couple games stretched that I think there's some really good stuff to mine here that I, I really want to allow us to frame what that team was and where this team, the 2023 team, can go. So skip ahead a little bit 
It's seven nothing. The Packers and the, and the Vikings trade punts. The defense actually does its job. In fact, over a two series uh, set of drives for the Vikings after they score the touchdown, they go three plays minus five, five plays twenty, and it's punts. The Packers get the ball. It is some short passes to the running backs. It's short passes to Sammy Watkins. It's the run game. And they go all the way down the field. This was working. It was working. They get down there. It's first and goal at the nine. They get six yards on third and goal at the the seven. And they cannot get in because Aaron Rodgers does not run the play as called. Or at least makes a bad read on the play. This was a problem. Aaron Rodgers making decisions that were not in the best interest of the team because he was he was trying to play hero ball. This was a problem last year. We just, like, we saw it. He gave up opportunities to play in rhythm with the offense to play like the offense demands in favor of buddy ball. I, I was calling it hero ball for a little while. And I, you know, I think there is a, maybe an overly negative connotation. JT O'Sullivan in his work, call it buddy ball. Did, did a breakdown of the lions game and, and talked about a number of times when it, it's like, okay, I, I kind of get it. Like, there's a way you can do some mental gymnastics to get to why the ball went to that place, but that's not really generally how the concept is read out. So you threw it to the guy you trusted. It's buddy ball. That's Aaron Rodgers making a decision because thinking that's it's Aaron Rodgers thinking he knows better. Now, maybe Jordan Love does that, but I think we have to remember that this was part of the offense last year. You have to hope that this year, your quarterback and your coach are on the same page in a different kind of way. And only sort of tangentially related to this is the Packers were all-time bad in goal-to-go situations. All-time bad. And that is small sample size theater. Because this was a situation where it's A.J. Dillon. You're, oh, well, they, they, forgot to, they forgot to hand the ball to Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon had twice as many carries as Aaron Jones in this game while Aaron Jones is averaging almost 10 yards a carry. The Packers have forgotten that Aaron Jones exists in the red zone and that he has been, over his career, one of the most prolific touchdown scorers in the league. Their low red zone offense in particular has been a disaster. It's bad execution. It's bad play calling. It's bad personnel usage. And last year... It wasn't great in 2021 either, by the way. I know Nathaniel Hackett got so much praise for the gold zone, and that was a really cool thing. And they were in their bag in 2020, no doubt about it. And they tried to follow it up by staying in their bag in 2021. And teams were either ready for it or they weren't executing properly. Guys were blowing blocks. We're going to talk about the blocking. And so they need to to execute better in the low red zone. I think that starts with getting Aaron Jones the ball. I I just trust Aaron Jones implicitly to make the right play on a consistent basis. Now, the blocking is part of the issue here. There are a number of times when the blocking broke down in this game and you're reminded 
Okay, Zadaria Smith walked out the door. It's not a great. You're reminded that Jake Hansen and Royce Newman were the starters for this game. Royce Newman starting out of position. And Jake Hansen kind of starting out of position because he's really a center. Now they try to play him at guard. But Zach Tom was so clearly the better choice at guard or tackle. I think in hindsight, you would have done it. Um, play uh, Zach Tom at right tackle. And Royce Newman at right guard, which was the position that he played all of last year, rather than going on the road in Minnesota against Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith and, and um, Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, all those guys. It, it, that decision just made no sense. Now, they're going to have this year the full complement of an offensive line that's going to be very good. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, that's the best left side, the best left side in football. Josh Myers, some questions. JRJ, solid player. Right tackle, probably going to be Zach Tom, but right now it's an open competition. Zach Tom, Josh Nyman. Either way, you're going to get a solid player. This is going to be a really good offensive line, and they have depth. You've got depth of guard. You've got depth of tackle. They're trying to figure out how they how they maybe manufacture some depth at center, though Jake Hansen's still technically on the team, much to my chagrin. It was just a bad decision. And this offense changed. When they changed the lineup, when they said, okay, John Runyon, we're going to flip sides. Ellen Jenkins, you're not playing tackle anymore. And part of that was he just didn't look physically back to where that they wanted him to be. I still think he could play certainly pre-ACL. Ellen Jenkins could have been a starting right tackle and a really, really good one. I, I hope that it hasn't been a physical deterioration, but we saw once Elton Jenkins got back to playing the left side, he was incredible again. He was Elton Jenkins again, and it might just be the case that he is the kind of player who is an all-pro caliber guard who could, for a game, be really good for you at tackle, but over a slew of games, it's just it's gonna, there's going to be too many weaknesses that get exposed. Like Josh Sitton could play tackle in a pinch. TJ Lang could play tackle in a pinch. Lane Taylor could play tackle in a pinch. Lane Taylor not in the same class of players, but the Packers cross-train a lot of their guys anyway. Ellen Jenkins can play tackle in a pinch. If he's if he's back to physically where he was two years ago, I think you can make the case that he's your best starting right tackle. But I think tackle is Zach Tom's best position. Clearly, it's Yash Nyman's best position. And they may need two tackles as soon as this time next year. So you have to figure that out. I'm two meaning you're going to need to to have David Bakhtiari's replacement and then whoever is going to start a right tackle this season. So those questions are not the same coming into this season. The Packers know who they are. They know what they're good at. Now, the other thing is, in the second half of this game, um, you finally got the touchdown drive. Thank God. Um, but the offense really, really bogged down. And there was a lot of, we'll, we'll call it buddy ball. I don't know what Jordan Love coming from behind looks like. We saw it a little bit against the Eagles in a different situation because Christian Watson played in that game, Alan Lazard played in that game, and the offensive line was much different in that game. But 
what is his crutch? Aaron Rodgers has a crutch. It is buddy ball deep shots. That's his crutch. He feels like he needs to, to stem the tide. He needs, he needs to turn things around. It's, it's third and six. It's third and one. It's third and 12. Doesn't matter. Deep shot to Alan Lazard, one-on-one. In this case, there was a he threw an interception on on just a a totally ridiculous interception to Randall Cobb. That is just like the buddy ballist of buddy ball interceptions. Jordan Love is is going to have some sort of tendency when he's behind. Now we've seen in some of these games, like the Detroit Lions game a couple of years ago, he did put the ball up for grabs against the Chiefs. Eh, he didn't really. I didn't think, I didn't think he pressed, especially against all the pressure that he faced, that same sort of, I'm just going to throw the ball up. Against Detroit, one of those interceptions came off of Mario Rodgers' hands. And he was under extreme pressure in that game too. Royce Newman, just not an NFL starting caliber offensive lineman, prominently involved in both the Chiefs game and the Lions game. Um, but what is what does Jordan Love look like in those situations? Down 16. Okay? That's a big question. Is he going to look like Aaron Rodgers? You know, probably not the good. And, and you're, you're hoping not the bad either. But then what is the bad? Because there's going to be something. Every, every quarterback presses a little. Except Patrick Mahomes. Whose record. with The Chiefs record when, they, when they're down by two scores. of Patrick Mahomes is like the third best record in, in football for any quarterback. It's wild. I, there was, a, I don't know if it's still true, but there was a point in time when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs under Patrick Mahomes had the best winning percentage of any quarterback. Quarterback wins, not a stat, but like the team with you with you starting. And then the second most, second best winning percentage was Patrick Mahomes when he trailed by 10 points or more. It's just like bonkers. Jordan Love probably not going to recreate that. But there's going to be something. And I just thought because this game showed a lot of those buddy ball tendencies, in addition to just like, Let's put Buddy Ball as a bullet point. Um, what is the okay? How do I when I press? What do I? What does it look like? That's a question with Jordan Love. We don't have the answer to it, but we saw it in this game. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. The Leap newsletter is back. It's there for you um, for, for another week. Um, you guys have been so awesome in this offseason, signing up the Leap.Football um, three days a week. We've got, as I mentioned yesterday, our roster series coming up, most important players on the roster. Um, that stuff is coming up. And I think I'm going to do some of these, these lookbacks in writing as well. Um, not this one because we're going to spend a whole show doing it, but um, maybe some of the other ones we'll we'll do um, in in full written form, and then I'll I'll grab some pieces out for the show, um, and also check out Locked On Sports today. It's our all sports show. 
Um, under 20 minutes with the biggest stories in sports uh, NBA draft coming up this week. So a lot of fun stuff on the show right now. The last thing I just wanted to mention is it it wasn't a, a killer in this game, though it wasn't others. Amari Rogers is out there returning kicks. And you see Keyshawn Nixon playing special teams, but not returning kicks. And it was hard as I was watching not to remember the difference Keyshawn Nixon made in the second Vikings game. You know, return to kick 100 yards for a touchdown after all. Versus the first. And you have Amari Rodgers who eventually gets cut. Like it's hard to imagine a greater gap. A guy returning kicks who eventually is not on your team. And you replace him with a guy who goes to heights that we haven't seen since like Desmond Howard in Green Bay. And becomes an all pro kick returner. Like that's the kind of thing that makes you go, okay. Yes, there were lessons from this game, but some of it is just weirdness. To me, this isn't weirdness. This is evidence that that team is just not this team. And I was saying that last year. Oh, the Vikings, the Vikings fans are like, oh, you know, we look at 23-17. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. What is, what is the net net of this in two games? The Packers, by a lot, by a lot. Okay, so don't don't try that. The difference with Keyshawn Nixon for this team is huge, especially with new rules. Other teams probably not going to be returning as many kicks. My guess is the Packers are going to still give Keyshawn Nixon the green light. I hope they do because he looks right now like he is a weapon that very few teams, if any, in the league right now have. And so I think that, you know, it's not a, it's not a difference that I think is going to you know, over the course of the year, win you two or three extra games, but it might win you one. It really might. It really might win you a game. And it certainly could have lost the Packers a game. I mean, I think you can argue over the course of the two years or year and a half that Amari Rodgers played in Green Bay, the net effect outcome was worth at least a loss for the Packers. And so, okay, maybe your special teams, they don't win you games. Just please don't lose games. Just don't lose games. And the Packers, unfortunately, their special teams have lost too many games for them, especially in big moments. Sorry to end on such a sour note there, but remember, it was made to remind you that Keyshawn Nixon is coming back. He's going to be the kick returner. It's going to be awesome. Keyshawn Nixon is an easy, easy guy to root for. So very glad that he is back in Green Bay. Back tomorrow, much more on Locked on Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube, go subscribe to us on our YouTube page. And if you're watching us on YouTube, just go click the button, subscribe, so you can stay Locked on Packers.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.